0: CHAPTER Five: THE BRIDGE OF KAZLDUN The company of the rings stood silent beside the tomb of Balin. Frodo thought of Bilbo and his long friendship with the dwarf, and of Balin's visit to the Shire long ago. In that dusty chamber in the mountains it seemed a thousand years ago, and on the other side of the world. At length they stirred and looked up, and began to search for anything that could give them tidings of Balin's fate, or show what had become of his folk. There was another smaller door on the other side of the chamber, under the shaft. By both the doors they could see how many bones there were lying, and among them were broken swords and axe heads and cloven shields and helms. Some of the swords were crooked, orc scimitars with blackened blades. There were many recesses cut into the rock on the walls, and in them were large iron-bound chests of wood. All had been broken and plundered. But beside the shattered lid of one there lay the remains of a book. It had been slashed and stabbed and partly burned, and it was so stained with black and other marks, like old blood, that little of it could be read. Gandalf lifted it carefully, but the leaves crackled and broke as he laid it on the slab. He pored over it for some time without speaking. Frodo and Gimli, standing at his side, could see as he gingerly turned the leaves, that they were written by many different hands, in runes both of Moria and of Dale, and here and there in Elvish script. At last Gandalf looked up. It seems to be a record of the fortunes of Balin's folk, he said. I guess it began with their coming to Dale nigh on thirty years ago. The pages seem to have numbers referring to the years after their arrival. The top pages marked one, three, so at least Two are missing from the beginning. Uh, listen to this. We drove the orcs out from the great gate and guard. I think the next word is blurred and burned. Probably room. We slew many in the bright, I think sun in the dale. Floy was killed by an arrow. He slew the great. Then there is a blur followed by Floy under the grass near Miramir. Next line or two I cannot read. Then comes... "'We have taken the twenty-first hall of Northend to dwell in. "'There is—' "'I cannot read what. "'A shaft is mentioned. "'There Balin has set up a seat in the chamber of Mazabor. "'The chamber of records,' said Gimli. "'I guess that's where we now stand.' "'I can read no more for a long way,' said Gandalf, "'except the word gold and Durin's act and something helm. "'Then Balin is now the lord of Moria. "'That seems to end a chapter.' After some stars, another hand begins. And I can see that we found true silver, and later the word well-forged, and then something, ah, I have it, mithril. And then the last two lines, Oin to seek for the upper armories of the third deep, something, something, go westward, a blur, to Holland Gate. Hmm. Gandalf paused and set a few leaves aside. There are several pages of some sort, rather hastily written, and much damaged, but I can make little of them in this light. There must be a number of leaves missing, because they begin with the number 5, the fiftieth year the colony, I suppose. Hmm, let me see. No, they're too cut and stained, I cannot read them. We might do better in sunlight. Wait, oh, wait, here's something. A large, bold hand, using an elvish script. "'That would be Ori's hand,' said Gimli, looking over the wizard's arm. "'He could write well and speedily, and often used the elvish characters.' "'I fear he had ill tidings to record in such fair hand,' said Gandalf. "'The first clear word is sorrow, but the rest of the line is lost, and it ends in a stare. Yeah, it must be used to follow by day. "'Being the tenth of November, Balin Lord of Moria, fell in Dimraldale. "'He went alone to look in the Miramere. "'An orc shot him from behind a stone.' We slew the orc, but many more, up from the east of Silverlode. The remainder of the page is so blurred that I can hardly make anything out, but I think I can read it. If we we have barred the gates, and we can hold them if, and they're perhaps horrible and and su- oh and suffer. Poor Balin, he seems to have kept the title that he took less than five years. He seemed to have kept the title that he took for less than five years. I wonder what happened afterwards. There's no time to puzzle out the last few pages. Here is the last page of all. He paused. Oh, it's grim reading, he said. I fear the end was cruel. Listen, we cannot get out. We cannot get out. They have taken the bridge in the second hall. Ferrara and Lonnie and Nally fell here. And then there are four lines smeared so I can only read went five days ago. The last lines run, the pool is up to the wall at Westgate, the watcher in the water took oin, we cannot get out. The end comes, and then drums, drums, drums in the deep. I wonder what that means. The last thing is written off in a trailing scrawl of our letters. They are coming, and there's nothing more. Gandalf paused and stood in said dead silence. A sudden dread and horror at the chamber fell in the company. "'We cannot get out,' muttered Gimli. "'It was well for us that the pool had sunk a little, "'and that the watcher was sleeping down at the southern end.' Gandalf raised his head and looked around. "'They seemed to have made a last stand by both doors,' he said. "'But there were not many left by that time.' So ended the attempt to retake Moria. It was valiant, but po- foolish. The time has not come yet, now. I fear we must say farewell to Balin son of Thvindon. He must lie in the halls of his fathers. We will take this book, the Book of Marsball, and look at it more closely later. You had better keep it, Gimli, and take it back to Dane if you get a chance. It will interest him, though it will grieve him deeply. Come on, let us go. The morning is passing. Which way shall we go? asked Boromir. Back to the hall, answered Gandalf, but our visit to this room has not been in vain. I know now where we are. This must be, as Gimli says, the chamber of Marzabor, and the hall must be the twenty-first of the north end. Therefore we should leave by the eastern arch of the hall, and bear right and south, and go downwards. The twenty-first hall should be on the seventh level, that is six above the level of the gates. Come on, back to the hall. Gandalf had hardly spoken these words when there was a Great noise, a rolling boom that seemed to come from the depths far below and to tremble the stone at their feet. They sprang towards the door in the alarm. Doom, doom, it rolled again, as if the huge hands were turning the very caverns of Moria in a vast drum. Then came an echoing blast. A great horn was blown in the hall. And answering halls and harsh cries were heard further off. <coughs> they were hurrying around the sound of many feats. They're coming, said Legolas, And we cannot get out, said Gimli. Trapped cried Gandalf. Why did I delay? Here we are caught just as they were before. But I was not here then. We will see what <laughs> Dum Doom! Doom! came the drum beat, and the walls shook. "'Slam the doors and wedge them,' shouted Aragorn, "'and keep your packs on as long as you can. "'We may get away to cut out, just if we have a chance.' "'No,' said Gandalf. "'We must not get shut in. "'Keep the east door ajar. "'We'll go that way if we get a chance.' Another harsh horn call and shrill cries ran up. Feet were coming down the corridor. There was a ring and a clatter as the company drew their swords. Glamdring shone with a pale light and sting glinted at the edges. Boromir set his shoulder against the western door. Wait a moment. Don't close it yet, said Gandalf. He sprung forward to Boromir's side and drew himself up to his full height. Who comes hither to disturb the rest of the Balin, the lord of Moria? he cried out in a loud voice. There was a rush of hoarse laughter, like the fall of sliding stones into a pit amidst the clamour and deep voice was raised in command. Doom! Boom! Doom! Boom! <clears throat> went the drums in the deep. With a quick movement, Gandalf stepped before the narrow opening of the door and thrust forward his staff. There was a dazzling flash that lit the chamber in the passage outside. For an instant, the wizard looked out. Arrows whined and whistled down the corridor as they sprang back. There are orcs, many of them, he said, and some are large and evil. Blacks uruks of mordor. For the moment they are hanging back, but there's something else there, a great cave troll, I think, or more than one. There's no hope of escape that way. And no hope at all if they come the other door as well, said Boromir. "Mm, But there's no door, no sound outside here yet, said Aragon, who's standing by the eastern door listening. The passage on this side plunges straight down a stair. It plainly does not lead back towards the hall, but it's no good flying blindly this way with a pursuit just behind. We cannot block the door. Its key is gone and the lock is broken, and it opens inwards. We must do something to delay the enemy first. We'll make them fear the chamber of he said grimly, feeling the edge of his sword, under. Heavy feet were heard on the corridor. Boromir flung himself against the door and heaved to it, and he wedged it with the broken sword blades and splinters of wood. The company retreated to the other side of the chamber, but they had no chance to fly yet. There was a blow in the door that made it quiver, and then it began to grind slowly open, driving back the wedges. A huge arm and shoulder, with a dark skin of greenish scales, was thrust through the widening gap. Then a great, flat, toeless foot was forced through below. There was dead silence outside. Boromir leaped forward and hewed at the arm with all his might but a sword rang, glanced aside, and fell from his shaken hand. The blade was notched. Suddenly, as to his surprise, Frodo felt a hot wrath blaze up in his heart. The Shire! he cried, and springing beside Boromir, he stooped and stabbed with a sting in the hideous foot. There was a bellow and the foot jerked back, nearly wrenching sting from Frodo's arm. Black drops dripped from the blade and smoked on the floor. Boromir hurled himself against the door and slammed it again. "'One for the Shire!' cried Aragon. "'The hobbit's bite is deep. "'You have a good blade, Frodo, son of Drogo.' "'There was a crash on the door, followed by a crash after crash. "'Rams and hammers were beating against it. "'It cracked and staggered back, and the opening grew suddenly wide. "'Arrows came whistling in, but struck the northern wall "'and fell harmlessly to the floor. "'There was another horn blast and a rush of feet, "'and orcs one after another leapt into the chamber.' How many there were, the company could not count. Their fray was sharp, but the orcs were dismayed by the fierceness of defence. Legolas shot two through the throat. Gimli hewed the legs from under another that had sprung up in Balin's tomb. Boromir and Aragon slew many. When thirteen had fallen, the rest fled shrieking, leaving the defenders unharmed, except for Sam, who had a scratch along the scalp. A quick duck had saved him, and he had felled his orc, a sturdy thrust with his barrow blade. A fire was smouldering in his brown eyes that would have made Ted Sandyman step backwards if he had seen it. Now is the time, cried Gandalf. Let us go before the troll returns. But even as they retreated, and before Pippin and Mary had reached the stair outside, a huge orc chieftain, almost man high, clad in black mail from head to foot, leaped into the chamber. Behind him, his followers clustered in the doorway. His broad, flat face was swart, and his eyes were like coals, and his tongue was red. He wielded a great spear. With a thrust of his huge hide shield, he turned Boromir's sword and bore him backwards, throwing him into the ground. Diving under Aragorn's blow with the speed of a striking snake, he charged into the company and thrust with the spear straight at Frodo. The blow caught him on the right side, and Frodo was hurled against the wall and pinned. Sam, with a cry, hacked at the spear shaft, and it broke. But even as the orc flung down the trunk and swept out a scimitar, Dural came down upon the helm. It was a flash-like flame, and the helm burst asunder. The orc fell with a cloven head. His followers fled howling as Boromir and Aragorn sprang at them. Dum Dum went the drums in the deep. The great voice rolled out again. Now, shouted Gandalf, now is our last chant. Run for it! Aragorn picked up Frodo where he lay by the wall and made for the stair, pushing Merry and Pippin in, in front of him. The others followed, but Gimli had to be dragged away by Legolas. In spite of the peril, he lingered by Balin's tomb with his head bowed. Boromir hauled the eastern door to, grinding it upon its hinges. It had had great iron rings on either side, but it could not be fastened. "'I'm all right,' gasped Frodo. "'I can walk. Put me down!' Aragorn nearly dropped him in amazement. "'I thought you were dead,' he cried. "'Not yet,' said Gandalf. "'But there's no time for wonder. "'Off you go, all of you, down the stairs.' Wait a few minutes for me at the bottom, but if I do not come soon, go on. Go quickly and choose paths leading right and downwards. We cannot leave you to hold the door alone, said Aragon. Do as I say, said Gandalf fiercely. Swords are no more use here. Go! The passage was lit by no shaft and was utterly dark. They groped their way down the long flight of steps and then they looked back, but they could see nothing except a high above them, the faint glimmer of the wizard's staff. He seemed to still be standing on guard by the closed door. Frodo breathed heavily and leaned against Sam, who put his arms around him. They stood peering up the stairs into the darkness. Frodo thought he could hear the voice of Gandalf above, muttering words that ran down the sloping roof with a sighing echo. He could not catch what was said. The walls seemed to be trembling. Every now and again the drum beats throbbed and rolled. DOOM! DOOM! Suddenly at the top of the stair there was a stab of white light and there was a dull rumble and a heavy thud. The drum beats broke out wildly dum-boom, 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 and then stopped. Gandalf came flying down the steps and fell to the ground in the midst of the company. Phew, that's over, he said. And he struggled to his feet. I've done all that I could but I've met my match and nearly been destroyed. Don't stand there, go on. You'll have to do without light for a while. I'm rather shaken. Go, go. Where are you, Gimli? Come ahead with me. Keep close behind, all of you. They stumbled after him, wondering what had happened. Dum, doom, 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 went the drum beats again. They now sounded muffled and far away. They were following, but they were following them. There's no sound of pursuit apart from that, neither tramp of feet nor any voice. Gandalf took no turns, right or left, for the passage seemed to be going in the direction that he desired. Every now and again it descended a flight of steps, fifty or more, to a lower level. At the moment that was their chief danger, for in the dark they could not see the descent till they came on it and put their feet out into the emptiness. Gandalf felt the ground with the staff like a blind man. At the end of an hour they had gone a mile, or maybe a little more, and had descended many flights of stairs. There's still no sound of pursuit. Almost they began to hope that they would escape. At the bottom of the seventh flight, Gandalf halted. It's getting hot, he gasped. We ought to be down to at least the level of the gates now. Soon I think we should be looking for a left-hand turn to take us east. I hope it is not far. I'm very wary. I must rest here a moment, even if all the orcs ever spawned are after us. Gimli took his arm and helped him down to a seat on the step. What happened away up there at the door, he asked. Did you meet the beater of the drums? I do not know, answered Gandalf, but I found myself suddenly faced by something that I have not met before. I could think of nothing to do but to try and put a shutting spell on the door. I know many, but to do things of that kind rightly requires time, and even then the door can be broken by strength. As I stood there, I could hear orc voices on the other side. At any moment, I thought they would burst it open. I could not hear what was said. They seemed to be talking in their own hideous language. All I heard was, "crash," That is fire!' Then something came into the chamber. I felt it through the door, and the orcs themselves were afraid and felt silent. It laid hold of the iron ring, and then it perceived me and my spell. What it was, I cannot guess, but I've never felt such a challenge. The counterspell was terrible. It nearly broke me. For an instant the door left my control and began to open. I had to speak a word of command. That proved too great a strain. The door burst into pieces. Something dark as a cloud was blocking out all the light inside and I was thrown backwards down the stairs. All the wall gave way and the roof to the chamber as well, I think. I'm afraid to say Bellin is buried deep and maybe something else is buried there too. I cannot tell. At least the passage behind us is blocked. (sighs) I never felt so spent. But it is passing. Now, what about you, Frodo? There was not time to say so. But I've never been more delighted in my life than when you spoke. I feared that it was a brave but dead hobbit that Aragorn was carrying away. What about me? said Frodo. I'm alive and whole, I think. I'm bruised and in pain but it's not so bad. Oh, said Aragorn, I can only say that hobbits are made of stuff so tough that I had never met the like of it. Had I known, I would have spoken softer in the in-bree. That spear thrust would have skewered a wild boar. Well, it did not skewer me, I'm glad to say, said Frodo, though I feel as I've been caught between a hammer and an anvil. He said no more. He found breathing painful. You take after Bilbo, said Gandalf. It's more about you than meets the eye, as I said of him long ago. Frodo wondered if the remark meant more than, it, than he had said. They now went on again. Before long, Gil- Gimli spoke. He had keen eyes in the dark. I think, he said, there is a light ahead, but it is not daylight. It's red. What can it be? God muttered Gandalf. I wonder if that's what they meant, that the lower levels are on fire? Still, we can only go on. Soon the light became unmistakable and could be seen by all. It was flickering and glowing on the walls away down the passage before them. They could now see their way. In front the road sloped down swiftly, and somewhere ahead there stood a low archway. Through it the growing sorry, the growing light came, and the air became very hot. When they came to the arch, Gandalf went through, signing them to wait. As he stood just beyond the opening, they saw his face lit by a red glow. Quickly he stepped back. There is some new devilry here, he said, devised for our welcome, no doubt. But I know now where we are. We have reached the first deep, the level immediately below the gates. This is the second hall of Old Moria, and the gates are near. Away by the eastern end on the left, not more than a quarter of a mile. Cross the bridge, up a broad stair, along a wide road, through the first hall, and out. But come and look. They peered out. Before them was another cavernous hall. It was loftier and far longer than the one in which they had slept. They were near its eastern end. Westward it ran away down to the darkness. Down the centre stalked a double line of towering pillars. They were carved like bowls of mighty trees, whose bows were upheld the roof with a branching tracery of stone. Their stems were smooth and black, but a red glow was darkly mirrored on their side. Right across the floor, close to the feet of two huge pillars, a great fissure had opened. Out of it, a fierce red light came, and now and again flames licked at the brink and curled around the bases of the columns. Wisps of dark smoke wavered in the hot air, if we had come by the main road down from the upper halls, we should have been trapped here," said Gandalf. "Let us hope that the fire now lies between us and pursuit. Come, there's no time to lose." Even as he spoke, they heard again the pursuing drum beat, dum, dum, dum. Away beyond the shadows in the west end of the hall, there were some cries and horn calls, dum, boom. The pillars seemed to tremble, tremble, and the quays. Sir, the pillars seemed to tremble and the flames to quiver. Now for the last race, said Gandalf. the sun is shining outside, we may still escape. After me! He turned left and sped across the smooth floor of the hall. The distance was greater than it looked. As they ran, they heard the beat and echo of many hurrying feet behind. A shrill yell went up. They had been seen. There was a ring and clash of steel. An arrow whistled over, Bar- uh, over Frodo's head. Boromir laughed. They didn't expect this, he said. The fire has cut them off. We're on the wrong side. Look ahead, called Gandalf. The bridge is near. It's dangerous and narrow. Suddenly, Frodo saw before him a black chasm. At the end of the hall, the floor vanished and reached into an unknown depth. The outer stone could only be reached by a slender bridge of stone without curb or rail, that spanned the chasm with one curving spring of fifty feet. It was an ancient defence of the dwarves against any enemy that might capture the first hall in the outer passages. They could only pass across it in single file. At the brink Gandalf halted and the others came up in a pack behind. Lead the way, Gimli, he said. Pippin and Merry next, straight on, and up the stair beyond the door. Arrows fell amongst them. One struck Frodo and sprang back. Another pierced Gandalf's hat and stuck there like a black feather. Frodo looked behind. Beyond the fire, he saw swarming black figures. There seemed to be hundreds of Orcs. They brandished spears and scimitars, which shone red as blood in the firelight. Dum 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 dum. Rolled the drumbeats, growing louder and louder. Legolas turned and set an arrow to the string. Though it was a long shot for a small bow, he drew, but his hand fell and the arrow slipped to the ground. He gave a cry of dismay and fear. Two great trolls appeared. They bore great slabs of stone and flung them down to serve gangways over the fire. But it was not the trolls that had filled the elf with terror. The ranks of orcs had opened, and they crowded away as if they themselves were afraid. Something was coming up behind them. What it could be could not be seen. It was like a great shadow in the middle of which there was a dark form. Man-shaped, maybe, but greater, and a power and terror seemed to be in it and go before it. It came to the edge of the fire, and the light faded as if a cloud had bent over it. Then, with a rush, it leaped across the fissure. The flames roared up to greet it, and raved about it, and the black, swir- black smoke swirled in the air. Its streaming mane kindled and blazed behind it, and its right hand was a blade like a stabbing tongue of fire, and its left it held a whip of many thongs. "'Ah!' wailed Logolus. "'A balrog! A balrog has come!' Gimli stared with wide eyes. Durin's bane, he cried, and letting his axe fall, he covered his face. Ah, a Balrog, muttered Gandalf. Now I understand. He faltered and leaned heavily on his staff. What an evil fortune, and I'm weary already. The dark figure streaming with fire raced towards them. The orcs yelled and poured over the stone gangways. Then Boromir raised his horn and blew... Loud the challenge rang and bellowed like the shout of many throats under the cavernous roof. For a moment the orcs quailed and the fiery shadow halted. Then the echoes died as suddenly as the flame blown up by dark wind and the enemy advanced again. "'Over the bridge!' cried Gandalf, recalling his strength. "'Fly! This is a foe beyond any of you, and I must hold the narrow way. Fly!' Aragon and Boromir did not heed the command, but still held their ground side by side behind Gandalf at the far end of the bridge." The others halted just within the doorway at the hall's end and turned, unable to leave their leader to face the enemy alone. The balrog reached the bridge. Gandalf stood in the middle of the span, leaning on the staff in the left hand, but in his other hand, Glamdring gleamed, cold and white. His enemy halted again, facing him, and the shadow about it reached out like two vast wings. It raised the whip and thongs whined and crackled. Fire came down from its nostrils, but Gandalf stood firm you cannot pass he said the orc stood still and dead silence fell i am a servant of the secret fire wielder of the flame of anor you cannot pass the dark fire will not avail you flame of udon go back to the shadow you cannot pass the balrog made no answer the fire in it seemed to die but the darkness grew it stepped forward slowly onto the bridge and suddenly it drew itself up into a great height, its wings were spread from wall to wall, but still Gandalf could be seen, glimmering in the gloom. He seemed small and altogether alone, grey and bent like a wizened tree before the onset of a storm. From out of the shadow a red sword leaped flaming, Glamdra glittered white in answer. There was a ringing clash and a stab of white fire. The Balrog fell back with his sword and flew up into molten fragments. The wizard swayed on the bridge, stepping back a pace, and then again stood still. You cannot pass, he said. With a bound, the balrog leapt full upon the bridge, its whip whirled and hissed. He cannot stand alone, cried Aragorn suddenly, and ran back along the bridge. Elendil, he shouted. I'm with you, Gandalf. Gondor, cried Boromir, and leapt after him. At that moment, Gandalf lifted his his staff, and crying aloud, he smote the bridge before him. The Stark broke asunder and fell in his hands. A blinding sheet of white flame sprang up. The bridge cracked. Right at the Balrog's feet it broke, and stone upon it, which it stood crashed into the gulf, while the rest remained poised, quivering like a tongue of rock thrust into emptiness. With a terrible cry the Balrog fell forward, and its shadow plunged down and vanished. But even as it fell, it swung its whip, and the thongs lashed and curled upon the wizard's knees, dragging him to the brink. He staggered and fell, grasping vainly at the stone, and slid into the abyss. Fire, you fools! He was gone. The fires went out, and the blank darkness fell. The company stood rooted with horror, staring into the pit. Even as Aragorn and Boromir came flying back, the rest of the bridge cracked and fell. With a cry, Aragorn roused them. Come, I'll lead you now, he called. We must obey his last command. Follow me! They stumbled wildly up a great stairs beyond the door, Aragorn leading, Boromore at the rear. At the top, there was a wide, echoing passage. Along this, they fled. Frodo heard Sam in his side weeping, and then he found that himself was weeping as he ran. Doom, 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 doom. The drum beats rolled behind, mournful now and slow. Doom. They ran on. The light grew before them. Great shafts pierced the roof. They ran swifter. They passed into the hall, bright with daylight from its high windows in the east. They fled across it. Through its huge broken doors they passed, and suddenly before them the great gates opened in an arch of blazing light. There was a guard of orcs crouching in the shadows behind the great doorposts towering on either side. But the gates were shattered and cast down. Aragorn smote to the gates, the captain that stood in its path and the rest fled in terror of his wrath. The company swept past them and took no heed of them. Out of the gates they ran and sprang down the huge and age-worn steps, the threshold of Moria. Thus, at last, they came beyond hope, under the sky and felt the wind in their faces. They did not halt until they were out of bowshot from the walls. Dimry Dale lay about them. The shadow of the misty mountains lay upon it but eastwards there was a golden light in the land. It was but one hour after noon. The sun was shining, the clouds were white and high. They looked back. Dark yawned the archway of the gates under the mountain shadow. Faint and far beneath the earth rolled the slow drum deep beats. dum. Dum. A thin black trail of smoke came out of the side. Nothing else was to be seen. The dale around them was empty. Doom. Grief at last wholly overcame them, and they wept along, some standing and silent, some cast upon the ground. Doom Doom The drum beats faded.